We're going to go ahead and get started today. Today's theme uh, is uh, expect and encounter. Expect and encounter. Um, We are going to be focused today on how we can encounter God on a daily basis. Um, One of the things that I want to... start off with is uh, is, a, is a scripture, and it's part of our, one of the ways that we encounter God, but uh, it's, uh, it's found in so- the psalm, and it's uh, Psalm 103. For those of you who um, know this scripture, let me just read. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not All his benefits. Or another way to say is remember. Forget not all of his benefits. And then he goes on to list them. Who forgives all of your sins. Heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. And crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Today as you're... As you're worshiping, as you participate in the service, as you go about your day, remember to remember. Remember that your God, what all that he's done for you, and and that we can actually go through our day and and understand that we can have that special, um, we can have that special uh, relationship with him and really an understanding and ability to encounter him today. Well, worship encounter team is partially here today. Um, we're we're uh, have a have my wife that's still under the weather a little bit for it's not uh, a sickness related. It's um, for those of you who have been made aware, she's been struggling um, to the point where she had had um, some significant trauma uh, in um, her. Lung. She ended up with a um, blood clot in her lung um, from a, a medicine and then was given blood thinners and then blood thinners had some issues and we ended up in the emergency. She ended up in the uh, ICU. Things got really crazy all of a sudden and, uh, you know, but she's doing a lot better. She's just unable to be here today. She's... Uh, Recovering, she just came off of her blood thinner after three months of doing that, which is a great uh, milestone and uh, part of the healing that the Lord is giving her. Um, but she just uh, is still dealing with a little bit of that, and so she's unable to be there, be here today. And then my uh, middle son is staying home with her just to make sure everything's good and and all of that. So, um, but the worship encounter team is here uh, to lead you. All your pastors um, are texting us right now. <laughs> my, uh, just so you know, my phone's going off. My sister, they had the wedding up yesterday um, for Courtney, and uh, they're all telling each other, hey, come over and have the leftovers. And I'm going, I'm down here. I can't. <laughs> so take me off that stream. But they, um, everything was going well. They're celebrating up there, and it's my dad's 81st birthday today. So... Uh, yeah, so they're going to have a celebration um, up there and enjoy that. But for us, we're going to have a celebration here. 
so today, let's start off with a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, welcome him, his presence here as we praise and worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy to us. We thank you for your character. We thank you that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. That you do everything that we need to have done at the right time and in the right way. And doing it in such a way that helps us be amazed at your goodness, at your faithfulness. So today as we celebrate you, as we come together to encounter you together, Lord, I ask that your presence would be here in a mighty way. Lord, do a work in each one of our lives today. May we hear from you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The greatest day in history, death has beaten, you have rescued me, sing it out, Jesus is alive. The empty cross, the empty grave, life eternal, you have won the day, shout it out, Jesus is alive. He's alive. Washed my sin away, oh happy day, happy day, forever I'm the same, forever I am changed. When I stand in that place, free at last, meeting face to face, I am yours. alive and oh happy day happy day you washed my sin away oh happy day happy day i'll never be the same oh happy day happy day you washed my sin away oh happy day happy day i'll never be Day, you wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, 
day, I'll never be the same. Oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same. Forever I am changed. Lord, we are grateful for that. The idea that we can be free, forever changed, forever free from our sin, forever free from all that was holding us back from our relationship with you. Lord, we are blessed by everything you are and everything you, you do in our lives. Today, I ask that you would make yourself real, make yourself known in each one of our lives. May we remember to remember. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful. The streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I found in the desert place. Oh, I walk in the wilderness. Be your name. Every Blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. blessing you pour out I'll turn back to praise when the darkness closes in Lord still I will say blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your glorious name blessed be the name of Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Blessed be 
will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hand. Forever I love you, forever I stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of rest. And strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing power and majesty. Shout to the Lord, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your Nothing compares, nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. sing power and majesty praise to the king mountains bow down 
and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. And our God reigns, our God reigns, our God reigns, our God reigns. Our God brings. Uh -huh. 
Give him praise today. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We praise your name. Nothing compares to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We praise your name. We glorify your name. We honor you, Lord. You are welcome here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. for your presence. We are in awe of you today. Move in our hearts. May we have ears to hear what you're going to say today. Go ahead and have a seat for a minute. I'm going to share with you something that the Lord's put on my mind. Uh, the last few weeks, the uh, Lord gave us the opportunity of coming together today. Amen? Amen. And uh, we, were, uh, we have a little uh, gospel singing group uh, that Ron and I are, belong to, some friends of ours that we get together and and we'll go and sing at different places, and we're practicing now for a, a church in Salinas that we'll be going to. It's a full gospel church. They're definitely people you want to be around, you know, like here. And anyway, we were practicing our songs, and uh, the Lord gave me a song a, a while back. It was um, a number of years ago, and I've sung it with our, our life group, you know, and our worship team at, at different times. But I just want to read these words real quick here. Um, because it reminded me of, of uh, what's, what's to come here. So it, it, the song goes like this. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, saved by grace, and I know that I am. My garments washed in His blood are now white. His righteousness covers me all of my life. I'm a new creation, and I've got a new name. Since I found the Lord, I'm no longer the same. I'm no longer bound by the way that I was, now I live for Jesus, loving all that he does. I'm a child of God, chosen by him, bought by his blood, and my feet are set upon the rock. 
It's, Amen. it's really about our identity in Christ. I mean, when pastors came, first time they came, they, they worked on, on preaching and teaching us how we are uh, in Christ and what that really means. And that's really needed because you have to be able to go the distance, right? And our identity explains, I mean, it's how we perceive things. If we are not in Christ, then who are we? What are we? We're of this world? Well, we don't want that. So we have to start with our identity. Um, the, and that's foundational for the next step because our whole life we're in process, right? We're, we're going through our lives each day. What is the Lord telling us today? And so we have to kind of respond to what the Lord is speaking to us. We have to train our ears so that we can hear him and understand what he's telling us. And uh, in Ephesians uh, 4.11, it talks about the fivefold ministries it's kind of referenced to. And that's being uh, uh, that Jesus Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists. And we have to kind of check with our, ourselves, where does our ministry lie? Because where are we in our walk with Christ? We need to follow after him. We need to be like him. In fact, uh, 1 John 4, 17 says, in this world we are like Jesus. And how is Jesus? He's high and lifted up. He's sitting next to the, to the you know, on the right hand of the Father right now in heavenly places. So that's actually where we dwell. We're sitting in Christ and he's Amen. sitting in us. And so we have that, that privilege and awesome ability of being able to carry out God's word, carry out God's work uh, in our lives. And how do we do that? Through the process of changing our lives, right? So that we can become more like him. Um, so I was going to talk a little bit more about that. And, and this morning I woke up early this morning, and, uh, and I saw this room, and it's just a, a room, and uh, it's light inside, and Jesus is right next to me, and the room is just wall-to-wall cupboards. Just everywhere you looked, top to bottom, it was just cupboards, and, that, and then the Lord kind of explained that that is kind of like our lives where we go through the process of opening up new doors. We're constantly opening up new doors and inside are new, new revelations, new, uh, new things that we will explore, that new blessings, uh, new, uh, uh, new trials actually, because we have to get to the next door. And sometimes we'll close those doors before we've actually encountered the, the purpose for opening that door. And so that, and, and that comes back to the fivefold ministry. Some of these things are, you know, what are you called to do? What are we called to do? And are we living in that calling? What is your calling on your life? Do you know what it is? Have you even asked the Lord to reveal it to you? You know, we, we need to function in that calling because it's the only way we're going to truly be happy. So... I just want to seal this time up and challenge us all to seek after the Lord and after his calling on our lives. Uh, 
Often we, if we miss the boat, if we miss the point that he has put upon our lives, if we're not walking in that calling until we say yes to that, then we're, we're subject to not receiving the blessings that he has for us, not receiving and walking in the life that he, he desires us to be in. So let's just pray for a moment. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We want you to be Lord of our lives, Lord. Come and uh, re renew our minds, Lord. Reveal the things that you want exposed to us. Help us to deal with the things that we need to put out of our lives and to embrace you and give you more time. And Lord, just continue to, to speak to our hearts and our minds. Reveal yourself to us in new ways. Guide us and teach us your ways in Jesus' name. Amen. And Matt's going to come up and do some announcements for us. Good morning, Crossroads. We're glad that you guys could join us. Uh, it's just a, a blessed day to be able to come into the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, so... If we have any visitors, which doesn't seem that we do, or if you just want to get more information about what's going on with the church, oh, that guy. <laughs> hey, Davis. Uh, if you want more information about what's going on in the church, uh, you can fill out one of the cards on the back of the pews, and we'll get you more information. Um, the furnace, uh, pre-service prayer. Uh, Carolyn does the, the furnace. It's a pre-service prayer, basically. She's interceding for the service as it's going on. Um, I encourage you to go. Uh, sacrifice some time to intercede for what's going on in here, for the lives that can be changed in here. Amen? Amen. Marriage retreat. Uh, the marriage retreat is going to be on August 20th. Um, it's going to be uh, $25 a couple. Um, if you're married, you're thinking about getting married, you're, you're, you just want more insight about being married in Christ, I encourage you to come out. It's going to be a powerful time. Um, it's going to be a time of revelation. Amen? Amen. Crossroads Fall Launch. Our fall launch is going to be September 11th. Uh, we are going to be having, I believe, a taco truck and highlighting ministries, life groups, and church events that are going to be going on uh, starting in September. Um, so if you want to get connected, I encourage you to come September 11th. You can meet some of the leaders in these different groups, these different uh, ministries, uh, and get connected. Men's Fall Retreat, September 16th to 18th. Men, if you've never been to one of these, I encourage you to go. It's a powerful encounter with your brothers in Christ. Um, it's just an awesome retreat. Um, you go to, I believe it's Mount Hermon, right? Right, Randy? Mount Hermon. Uh, we'll be there for the weekend, and uh, you'll get a refreshing in the Lord. The Women's Fall Retreat is October 7th to the 9th. Um, Plan on attending this powerful event. The women always have a, a, a powerful retreat, and they come back refreshed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So 
If you've never been women, I encourage you, go. Step out. Step out with your sisters in Christ. August 27th, uh, 9 a.m. in the sanctuary, intercessory prayer. Rima will be leading the intercessory prayer. It's a new intercessory prayer. It'll be starting on August 27th. Um, come and, and intercede for your community. Intercede for your church. Intercede for your pastors. Intercede for yourself in the, the, the ministry that God has given to you, your workplace. Come, intercede. Our ministry partner of the week is Pastor Swapna and family. Pastor Swapna is, uh, she's very close to this church and our pastors. Our pastors call her their, their spiritual daughter. Um, she's the first Indian woman pastor in Northern India. She has a lot going on. She has a lot on her plate. She, she leads the women's ministries out there for Assemblies of God. Um, she's pioneering new churches, in, not only in India, but in Nepal. So I encourage you, just keep her in your prayers, that God will open doors, will meet her needs, um, and just bless her as she goes through this. Amen? Amen. Tithes and offering. Let's, uh, let's pray for our tithes and offering. Father God, we just thank you, Father. We thank you that we can come into your house, my God, and, and be blessed, Father. But Lord, we just ask that, my God, uh, the needs of this house will be met, Father. That, Lord, you would open the hearts of the people, my God, to give, Father. Give faithfully, my God. Give out of a cheerful heart, Father, to this ministry, my God, to the people that, my God, are going to be saved, Father, through this ministry, Lord. We just pray, my God, blessings upon this offering. We pray multiplication upon this offering, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' name. God bless you as you give. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way in me, Lord I give you my heart. I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way in me, Lord have your way Make that your prayer. Lord, have your way in me. We want to thank Robert and Worship Encounter for coming. And uh, they're always a blessing for us. And we uh, always receive when they, they come and speak and worship. Uh, they love to worship. It's a worshipful group. And they are blessed, and we are blessed for having them. So, without further ado, we'll give it to Brother Rob. All right. Of course, I got to get set up here, so give me a second. You know, I got books and books to teach you on today. 
I promise I won't be as long as my sister. Probably not as good as my sister either. One of my favorite speakers to hear. You are a blessed congregation, whether you know it or not. Your pastors are amazing people. I'm going to see if I can. There we go. All right. Um, I promise I will get loud, <clears throat> but I will. I have two services to get through. If you want to come back with me like really loud, you got to come back towards the end of the second one. And then if you want to know what my voice is like on Monday, you need to join my um, meetings that I have on Monday. And I ah, ah, sound like that. Sound like the Godfather, you know, um, Marlon Brando. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff going on. Um, I was more like um, the God Pigeon. Anybody? Anybody with God Pigeon? Anybody ever watch the Animaniacs? Yeah, they had the little pigeons that were like in the, they, they held the God, and they had the God Pigeon. He was this fat old pigeon. And they would all go kiss his feet and go, and that's how he talked the whole time. One of the best cartoons ever, seriously enough. I, uh, I'm a kid at heart, still am, um, always. Uh, it's, it is good because uh, one thing the scripture says is you have to come like a child, and well, I'm childlike, so there you go, close enough, right? Um, today I, I, I said that our focus is expecting an encounter. Uh, to start today, I want you to, con uh, we're going to start with a, considering the person and character of God. The person and character of God. Now, get, I'm going to try to do this foundation pretty quick because I want to get to the actual content of the rest of it. But the, think about this about our God. He is beyond our ability to fully comprehend. He is beyond our ability to fully comprehend, yet he is personal and relational. So what does that mean? He actually has a desire to have a personal relationship with each one of us that's unique to that person. He is not a one-size-fits-all God. Did you know that? Because our God is so vast, so hard to comprehend, that because of where I come from, my, my life, all the experiences that I've had with him, my journey with him is going to reveal something about him that's different than your journey with him. And what that's going to reveal. Now both sides are true of God. But because of it, he is so vast and but yet personal. We each have an experience with God that can be uniquely ours. He is personal. He is, he, he is governed. or um, Yet all of those personal experiences are governed by his character. So. What I mean by this is, if you have a personal experience with God that says you go murder people, God's character 
is not that. So therefore, it wasn't a personal experience with God that got you to go do that. I'm just being very brutally honest. Like, let's just go right to the honesty here. See, what we have when we deal with our relationship with God, there, there are boundaries in our relationship with God, and that is his character. His character is our boundary for our relationship with him. Not our character, thank the Lord. Because if it was our character, yeah, you guys are a bunch of characters, all right. But he, is, he wants us to have a personal relationship. So therefore, as we experience him, we have the ability to, to experience him on different ways and different um, levels based on our lives and where we go and how our journey is. Because he is personal and relational, and that his character is that of a revealer, he desires to be made known. And he wants to be made known in various ways. But there is a tendency, a tendency to actually have um, of humanity to, to compartmentalize our lives. Would you agree with that? I think that what I would call regular life, just life, like getting up and brushing your teeth, that's life, right? Like you don't, it's like just, it is. Hopefully you all brushed your teeth. I'm just, I'm far enough away to not know, so it's all good. And then there are things that we call religious life or spiritual life. We keep these things in compartments because that's just way we can handle things. We remember that we were born of the flesh first, and now we are born of the spirit, and even there, there's compartments. Now, the spirit wants to oversee the flesh and rule the flesh and redeem the flesh. That's why we're, we're here. But we still see our things like food or clothing or, I don't know, our job. Just, just normal. It's just life. And then we see our spiritual life, our religious life, as the opportunity to encounter God. In fact, actually, I would say that we actually do, um, even within our religious life, we can um, create compartments where we actually um, don't, ex we, we box God in. Let me just put it that way. We actually say, okay, you know what, God, I, I've experienced you when I was taking this class, or I experienced you when I went to this church, or I experienced you when a certain song was sang. So in that experience, we actually, whenever that song comes, we believe that that actually encourages us more, and we experience God. So even within all of that, we can compartmentalize our experience with God. 
That is why some of you right now are probably going, boy, he needs to get to his first point. Just kidding. Hey, I know it's early. We'll get there. But here's the thing. Is it's, the fact is, is you, we could actually be going to the exact same religious service, sing the exact same song, and have completely different experiences with God. Completely different. One could actually say that they actually had no experience with God coming into this place. Very true. I have seen it so many times. People walk in, walk out, nada. And another person that was sitting right by them said, boy, that was the most amazing service. God just revealed himself. Happens all the time. Why? Why do we actually compartmentalize? Well, it's not actually a bad thing. I'm not saying it's like you're evil if you do that. Because then we all do it. That's just the way we are. And even within the religious world, you're, you, it just is. But the key here is that we need to take an assessment of our lives and see if we are limiting ourselves in our relationship and our ability to encounter God. That if we only say that these are the certain things that I do that are my encounters with God... I, I am limiting myself to the opportunity to experience the God that is beyond all comprehension. See, remember that. He has the ability to reveal himself at any time and at any way. He can do it all. And if that's the case, that means that he cannot be boxed in by our boxes, our compartments. He has the ability to show himself mighty no matter where he, we want him to do it or not. He has the ability to show his character off at any time and in any way. Our question is, is whether we are going to open up our compartments to say, okay, God, whenever you want, whenever you want, however you want, reveal yourself. I want to expect an encounter. Well, the first part of this and what I want to talk about is first expectation. And then we're going to talk about seven ways that you can encounter God. But I wanted to talk first about expectation because I think that the word in, um, in, the, in the Hebrew is really actually very important for you to know. Because the word that is translated expectation actually comes from the same word that is also translated hope. So hope and expectation have a, a similar translation. They come from the same root word. And in that root word, what it actually comes back down to is to patiently or wait expectantly. You didn't realize that I expect means that I have to wait. And hope means that you're actually waiting. Now, if I were to translate every place in the scripture to the word wait from hope, we would all probably be a little bit more discouraged today. But if I were to actually translate all the places where it says wait, 
I wait on the Lord. I instead translate it hope. Then we're all like, I got my encouragement today. Isn't that interesting how an English word translated from a Hebrew word, we can actually go and have two different experiences just based on one way it's translated. That's why you'll see when they actually translate the word, they translate it wait expectantly. And if you ever read the um, amplified version, it'll expound that word to even include the word hope in the Lord. The, if you, let me read you a couple of, of scriptures, relatively well-known scriptures, that actually have this root word. First of all, let's go to um, Psalm chapter 40. Psalm 40, verse 1. It says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. That waited patiently is kavar. Kavar is the, the root word for hope. So you can say, I hoped in the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Let's look at another verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. Again, a very famous verse printed on t-shirts and all kinds of things. It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That word hope is that base word. A wait expectantly. See, that concept is that we have the ability to hope in the Lord. If I were to translate that to wait expectantly, if I were just to translate it to wait, I have plans for you to wait. Wouldn't we all just get really discouraged? And we wouldn't want to put that on a t-shirt. It's like, uh, to give me a hope and a future. Yeah, to give me waiting Woo, yes, I'm so happy now. I can go out and just have, instead of hope on my shirt, I can go, wait. Isn't it interesting? I'm, I'm hoping you're getting this because this is good stuff. This is, as my sister would say, this is better than you all are looking. Because here you go. Now we're going to the next level. We now look at the, the, um, the, the third, I want to give you one more verse because it's, again, very popular verse. It is Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. In the NIV, they translate it, those who hope in the Lord. The, again, wait expectantly. So my, what I want you to think about is waiting expectantly. The expectation that you have. 
And I want to read a psalm of expectation. It is Psalm 130. And I want you to hear from the, the writer's um, perspective how he, in verse 5 and 6, has this expectation tone to him. It says this, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? But you, with you there is forgiveness, there, therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. Okay? And in his word I put my hope. In one verse it has both. Waiting and hoping. I wait expectantly and in your word I put my hope. My soul, listen to this, waits for the Lord more than the watchman waits for the morning. More than the watchman waits for the morning. Now, whenever in this psalm, whenever the, the writer repeats a, a phrase, that is for emphasis. They did that in the, in the writing of the psalm. That's the point. Look at the expectation level of the writer. More than the watchman waits for the morning or longs for the morning. Think about what a watchman was. A watchman was the person that basically protected the city at nighttime. That is when the bad guys would come out and want to raid the cities. So they would post watchmen, people to watch out. And the moment that they actually knew things were going to be good was in the morning. So here, you're looking at this that says, our version of expectantly waiting upon the Lord is like a watchman that longs for that morning to come. That's how expectantly we, we have the ability to wait and hope for the Lord. Yet, yeah, let's take a look at how, and this is your time to go some introspection, how um, eager or how often, or maybe it's just gauge your level of expectancy in your experience with God. Because when a watchman had the same expectation, desire on a day in, day out basis, they were watching nighttime and morning would come. They ex Think about that. They posted themselves when the sun would go down. And from the moment of posting, they knew that morning would come. That level of expectation wasn't a sense of, oh, well, yeah, he may come, he may not. I want you to consider... Do you have a level of expectation that says it is a given that God's going to show up? Or do you have the one that says, well, he may or may not, so I better just do the best I can. And if he shows up, great. That's even better. I'm telling you. 
Now I'm going to start getting on some coming down your row because it's going to be something about how we look at our encounters with God. Because God, remember, remember that he desires to reveal himself to you personally. Outside of the boundaries that we've created for him. I want to take you through seven ways that God wants to reveal himself. First and foremost, he, he reveals himself through signs and wonders. In Acts chapter 5, verse 12, the, it actually says that the apostles performed signs and wonders. It says the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Jesus actually performed multiple miracles. There were healings and raising of the dead of Lazarus. Remember Elijah and King Ahab, the rain, the fire. There's manna from heaven. A miracle or these signs and wonders are when only God can do. Something that only God can do. But here's the thing. When we look at miracles, the things that only God can do, and we say, this is the box that I limit God to, how many times have we prayed for something that would take a miracle, and instead God says, I'm going to take you on a journey? And the miracle that we desired never showed up. If we would have said, I can only experience God be, when he does this miraculous thing. The journey of experiencing God would have been missed. Well, let's see what else. Signs and wonders, one. Two, revelation of God's word. Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is an amazing uh, chapter. And it speaks a lot about the word of God. In verse 129, it says, Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. There's an eager under, uh, expectation of understanding. In, in Psalm 119.105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There is a question or a desire for the word of God because the word of God reveals God. Because it's his word. It's his character being revealed throughout his word. And when we actually take time to read his word... There is an ability for God to reveal himself in that word. Have you ever, ever done this where you've read a scripture and basically walked away and said, that's, I have no clue. And then you've read that scripture a month later, a year later, 10 years later, and it just jumps off the page. Do you realize that that's why the scriptures says is the word of God is living and active? 
sharper than any, other, any two-edged sword? Here's the thing. It's living and active because it's his word and he is living and active. He is a personal God. One who desires to reveal himself personally. So in the moment, the first moment that you read a scripture, who knows what blocked that revelation? But in that next moment, that next moment of that revelation, God reveals himself and you were able to understand it. Here's what I'm, my, my clue for you to do is how, how, how often do you actually take time to read his word? Every time you do, you could have an experience with him. A personal experience with him. And it doesn't even have to be a whole chapter. It can be a verse. It can be two words of a verse. I know that there's a scripture that my dad preaches uh, on. And it, uh, the only part that he preaches of the whole scripture is the two, for, two uh, words up front. But God. That's all he preaches on. And it's one of his most powerful sermons that he's ever spoke. But God. Now, like, right there, if you just, like, hear what God is saying to you in those two words. That is scripture coming alive and making, making and God making himself known and revealing himself to you. That is what I'm talking about. How you can experience God with as simple as opening his word. Better yet, even memorize something. Because sometimes the word of God, you lose where it is, and you're like, I memorized something, and it brings to my mind. All right, that's only number two. Number three, communication with God. Otherwise known as prayer. God is a communicator. It is part of his character. God is a revealer. It is part of his character. Therefore, he reveals himself through communication. Did you, I mean, like, this isn't rocket science, folks. This is simple logic. If God is a communicator and God is a revealer, God's going to reveal himself through communication. Did you hear what I'm saying? God is the revealer. What we have done with prayer a lot of times is make it a monologue, one-way communication. Me to God. And then we go, check you out, see ya, bye-bye, talk to you later. And meaning, we have a list for you later. What communication is, if we were to do that with our spouse, we would all have issues. Real issues. But God wants to communicate two-way street. That means that every time you take an opportunity to communicate with God, you have the opportunity to have a revelation of God and encounter with God. The scripture says, pray without ceasing. Or pray continually. Be in a place where God can speak to you at any time. And you can speak to God at any time. That's what he's saying. Communicate any time. Because you have that capability to understand and learn something about your God. Through that communication. 
Number four, community. Community is coming together. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says it this way, where, th- where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Colossians, one of my favorite books, I always say that, I, think it's, I still think it is, but Ephesians is catching up. Um, Colossians, one of my favorite verses in Colossians is in chapter 3. And it says this. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Did you hear that as you teach each other as you sing psalms and hymns to each other there is a community aspect to our ability to relate to God there are certain things that God reveals in community that he will not reveal in in personal relationship let me give you one if you come into this house you get to experience the fruit of the Spirit not out of you, but out of other people. So, here's the part that I want to... Have you ever been into a place where you walk in and there's peace and a person just can speak a calm to you over your life? That is the Spirit... The fruit of peace coming through. That's in community. That was two or three gathered. And community doesn't mean this building. It means you coming together. And coming together doesn't actually mean having to actually be face-to-face. Coming together... We have technology for video. We have technology for phone. We can chat together. That is what he's saying is you coming together, you're part of the same unity. You're together in purpose. And when you're together in purpose, you can experience something of God in that community. Number five. Creation. Psalm 19. Psalm 19 says this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. In Romans chapter 1 Verse 20, it says this. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Creation declares Who God is. Have you ever just sat under the stars and realized that God created all of that 
to dazzle us? He didn't have to. He didn't have to put a bunch of twinkling lights. Some of them connect to little shapes that we can make out of them. He didn't have to make clouds that we could say, does that look like a moose? Does that look like an elephant? He didn't even have to create animals. But he did. And he did it to reveal himself in his creation. He is the lion and the lamb. He even uses his creation to describe himself. He is the lamb that was slain. He is the lion that will reign. That's who God is. The next time you have an opportunity to feel a drop of rain, remember that your God is one that created that rain. And your God is the one that can refresh you. Creation declares it. It screams it loud. But we have to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Number six, provision. The Lord's Prayer has a line in it that says, Give us today our daily bread. Yet some of us can consider provision as something we kind of that just happens or we do it on our own we work we get paycheck we just you know it's just it is and then when we need the special provision the above and beyond stuff you know like the things like oh we got this extra bill that we just couldn't take care of that thing then we go okay god i gotta pray i need i need that need that thousand dollars and we kind of compartmentalize our own, the, the provision that he gives. But he already has given the first $1,000. Provision is his to do in the first place. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9. It says this in verse 10. Now he, meaning God, who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He's the one that provides in the first place. Matthew chapter 6 talks about do not worry. Look at the birds and the plants. He takes care of them. How much more will your heavenly father take care of you? He knows what you need. He's the one that supplies the seed in the first place. So every dime you get, every time you put on a shirt, every time you lace up those shoes you've had for a decade, remember who provided them for you. And you can experience God just getting dressed in the morning. You can experience God when you get the toast out of the toaster. You can experience God when you get to go to Disneyland, if you'd want to do that right now. Too crowded. 
You can experience God every time you're provided in any way, shape, or form. Because he is your provider. And he's revealing himself not just by providing, but in the provision itself. Think about the bread. He actually is, not only is it nourishment, but it's symbolic. And he can reveal himself through just the provision or what it can mean. We can hear from God as we eat. We can hear from God as we get dressed, as we go to sleep. We can experience and encounter God. Finally, remembering the last of our seven ways is remembering. I read the verse to start off the service today, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remember all his benefits. We encounter God so much that we forget what we've encountered. And it's sad, but true. We just do. Because the next thing is always the next thing. There's always something else. There's always something pressing us. There's always some stress coming at us. But here's the part that actually, when you look back at all of the things that he's done, here's some of the things that the psalmist says, who forgives all of our sins, heals all of our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit, crowns us with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Just look back over your life, over these categories. Think about all of your sin that he's taken away. Those things that you don't tell anybody about. And he's taken them away. Always remember where he has taken you from. Has anybody been healed of anything? Do you remember? Do you remember the pit that you were in? That place that just you couldn't get out of the trap? Do you realize that he didn't just clean you up and leave you as you are? He actually gave you position. He gave you to be part of royalty. He crowns you with love and compassion. You are now royalty, children 
of the king. And the only opportunity we have to, to focus on that is by remembering that. We don't walk around with a crown. We have to remember what God's done. And the last one, your desires. How many have ever had a desire that God fulfilled? I have. I actually was one, I'm the youngest of six. All of my siblings were married. I desired to have a wife. And that desire actually took me down very depressing roads because it was discouragement. I had a very low self-esteem. But see, here's the part that I can always look back and remember that my God, when I was in a very dark depression, a depressed moment in my life, sent me somebody. So whenever I wake up in the morning, even in all of the problems that my wife has had over the last few months, every time I get to interact with her, I remember. I remember what God has done. You see, what I'm trying to get at today, and bottom line for you to remember anything else, you have the opportunity to experience God, to encounter God all day long. You don't have to wait for a certain thing at a certain time in a certain way. He is a revealer. He wants to reveal himself to you personally in the little things of life as you chew remember that he has provided dental care right you can actually experience God in so many ways and that is the bottom line of this you can experience God and expect him day in Day out. So, when we go to the thing that says, why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. The reason why that actually isn't like, I'm just depressed and I, I know I got God to help me someday, sometime. No, it's waiting expectantly. Why so downcast? He's basically saying, don't be discouraged. Your God, his character rules the day. His character says, I am going to be with you. I will come. I will reveal myself to you. Because I am a revealer. I want to be known. Don't limit your encounters. Do not limit your encounters. You can encounter God at any time, any way. That is why the scripture says, let he or she who has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Any time, any way, he is a revealer. We're going to close
by remembering. If you have your communion, I want to take the opportunity to do what the scriptures say. Do this in remembrance of me. Did you realize that that's what communion's all about? Communion is not anything beyond remembering. And yet, what I just said was remembering is powerful. Do you actually experience God in your remembering? Because when you think about this, we're going to do something very human in eating and drinking. And yet, in the basic human process, God is going to reveal himself to you personally. Personally. And in community. Because two or three are gathered. And in his word. Because his word is a constant revelation of his character. And because we're going to communicate with him. All in a simple act. There's so much in one little wafer and a little bit of juice that God wants to make himself known. The ultimate revealer. He wants to have an encounter right now. Take a moment to bow your heads. Just for the sake of your own focus. Take your mind off of everything else that's around. We've got plenty of time. I want you to just think. Just experience what God has for you in this moment. He may be saying something that's unique to you. You may be hearing him say something that comes from community. Take a moment to hear from God. The scripture says this, it says, For I received from the Lord what I have also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Break it and eat and partake. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of the bread. 
the bread of life, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for being willing to be broken, to giving us the revelation to remember that we would always hear when we take bread and we tear it apart, we can have a revelation of you. Lord, we are grateful for your broken body and what it means to us. Shall we partake? And then it says this, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The blood that Jesus shed is a covenant, a promise. Just think about that. Every time you drink, remember a covenant was made, a promise to you, a covenant that he only has the power to make. That's the covenant part. It wasn't anything I could do. Nothing I could do about it. But he did it. He made the promise. He's the one that shed his blood, that paid the price, my price. He paid my price. So every time you drink, do this remembering the revelation of who he is and what he's done. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. You paid a debt you didn't owe. I owed that debt. I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid the debt I could never pay. Lord, you did this while we were enemies, you died. While you were sacrificing yourself, we were doing things our own way. We all have gone our own separate ways. But your covenant, you made, the promise you made with us, we remember as we drink. Let's partake. If you um, recall, 
a lot of the songs that we were singing today. We're focused on who God is. And to close today, I want you to take a couple minutes and just consider the revelation he wants to have with you in this moment. There's one thing I didn't put on the list and I did it intentionally. You can encounter God through worship. Because it says he's enthroned on the praises of his people. You can encounter him even now. What is he saying to you? Have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have.
If you are in need of prayer, we have those here that can pray with you. If you just like to sit and hear, feel free. If you want to go outside and experience the creation and have God speak to you there, He's waiting. The great revealer is waiting to encounter you. Lord, thank you for your word. May we commit it to memory today. In Jesus' name, amen.